Welcome to Transmissions from the Evil Lair, the official podcast of the Brotherhood of Evil Geeks. Welcome to Transmissions from the Evil Lair. This is Seamart, of course, doing the intro duties. Uh, today's show almost needs no introduction. Uh, if you are in any way familiar with the world of comic books or the world of Marvel comics specifically, uh, you know that recently uh, we have lost uh, the great Stan Lee, uh, the godfather of almost everything uh, that we hold near and dear to our heart. Uh, so today uh, we've assembled... Uh, you know, our, our, our brain trust, our deep discussion team. Uh, it's myself, Professor Next, uh, JC from Earthworld Comics, and, of course, Chad from the Times Union. We, uh, we just kind of talk about Stan in general, uh, reflect on, you know, those of us who had met him, uh, those experiences, uh, and just generally discuss his, you know, his humongous impact uh, on the world of comics and the world of entertainment. Uh, truly, we have lost a titan. Uh, and there just will never be another man like Stan Lee. Uh, so let's get right into it. Here we are on Transmissions from the Evil Lair, Remembering the Man. Uh, what's up, everybody? We are uh, solemnly gathered here today uh, at, our, at our local shrine uh, to comics, uh, Earthworld Comics, Central Avenue here in Albany, uh, to talk about, a uh, obviously, you know the biggest comic story in decades, probably, uh, that would be the death of Stan Lee, which just happened what, a week ago at this point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Um, you know, obviously, it, it's one of those things. Like everybody knew it was coming. He was ninety-five. Like you know, you just had to realize it's going to happen someday. And he just like recently curtailed his appearances at uh, cons, right? Yeah, so I think within like, the last like ten months or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Wow. We met him actually two years to the day that he died before at, at Rhode Island Comic Con. So yeah, I, I was just telling that story at a panel this weekend, like. That morning, I got in my like in your memories, like oh, we met Stan Lee like two years ago today, like yay, like within like three hours of that, like Stan Lee's dead, like oh. And I, the way I look at it, because somebody was trying to have, somebody asked me to try to explain to them like the significance of, of Stan Lee in his passing, and I said, well, I'll put it this way, like not that you, not if you don't follow boxing, that's fine, but you have to admit like there was boxing before Muhammad Ali, and there was boxing after Muhammad Ali, there was basketball before Michael Jordan. And then there was basketball after Michael Jordan, and I, like not, and I don't know anything about sports, so I could be <laughs> going down like a horrible path here. But for me, I feel like there there were so many great creators and writers and artists before Stanley, but something. Well, the best way to put it is, <clears throat> as you as you mentioned, you know, boxing Muhammad Ali, he took the sport and elevated it to something totally different. Uh, Elvis Presley. Did uh, tough rock and roll, something totally different. Comics were pretty much dying. They were like um, an idiot's graveyard. <laughs> you know, only people in mental deficiency used to read, as Bill Maher would say. Oh, well, yeah, we'll get to that later. Yeah. Oh. 
<laughs> um, but but uh, I forgot where I was going with this. Uh, elevating the, uh, the medium. Oh, yeah. like boxing wasn't going to ever disappear. Right. Well, no, but that. comics were pretty much, you know, Marvel was pretty much done. Right. I mean, all they had were monster comics, and that was it. Stanley's wife told him, you know, you're going to quit anyway. You might right. as well write the stories that you want that to write. write. Because he want, wanted to write the great American novel. Right. And so he's like, screw it. It's, yeah. it's, it's every, you know, every person who's about to be fired is like, you know, mantra, like, fuck it. I'm going to be fired. I, that, I get a better job. Okay. Yeah, so I'm gonna. I'm just gonna go nuts with it. Like, in consideration, how old was Stanley? You think? 1962, 61, 62. So that's 35. Mm-hmm. Carry the one, 55. Like, yeah, 30, late 30s, I'd say. Yeah. Okay, so yeah, you're almost in like a life crisis. Yeah. You're, you're getting there, and you go, "Well, I'm 35 years old. I haven't done anything yet. I want to do this, but I've been doing comics since I was 16 years old. I mean, Stanley's been doing doing that job, right?" For what, 60 years? Since he was like, yeah, 17 or whatever. 16, 17, yeah. yeah. And first appearance in what, Captain America 3? Mm-hmm. Did a tech story. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah, didn't he also introduce the like cap tossing a shield and it bouncing off things in that particular story? And, and Stripperella. Right. <laughs> I mean, lest we forget. Somebody actually. The early 2000s um, were a magical time for everything. Dug up like a comic panel from like around then when he was just Stan the intern. Like somebody had drawn him into mm-hmm. a comic and he was like, Answering a letter or something, and, you know, here's Stan the intern, and right. yeah, you know what's funny? I don't, you know, I just remember being really little and him narrating the Spider-Man cartoon. Yeah, like the, the opening of the Spider-Man cartoon. Like, this is Stan Lee, and I'm like, but the thing is, coming from like the New York metropolitan area at like four and a half, five years old, I'm right. like, why is this friendly Jewish man like <laughs> introducing Spider-Man? Because I didn't, you know, I obviously didn't have it. And then you know, a few years later, when I started reading comics, it's like, oh, he's larger than. <laughs> Not just some guy who lives like in my great aunt and uncle's apartment building on Boston Post Road in the Bronx. What was your first uh, um, exposure, Stanley? That was my first. It was in the narration at the beginning of Spider-Man, the seventies. Yeah, I'm trying to think when I actually knew it was Stanley. Wow. <laughs> yeah, so like I, I, I didn't get into the Spider-Man cartoon until I was like in high school. Maybe until I was like fourteen or fifteen, I remember like renting those videos. Mm-hmm. See, you guys keep talking about cartoons and videos. Right. Yeah. Exactly. See, I come from a time where there was just the comics, right? And you only knew Stanley from the comics. Yeah, I, I want to say I, I probably knew him from the comics before mm-hmm. then. So I want to say maybe like they had like the eighties, like they did a lot of like Marvel, like uh, superhero figures. So he had to have been doing stuff around then. So probably that's my like. Uh, first exposure. They have, like the Secret Wars figures and uh, things like that. Well, I've heard this said over the weekend, and I agree with it. I think Stanley's greatest creation was Stanley. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And the marketing machine that is Stanley. <laughs> well, he pretty much took, you know, the Marvel 60s comics and kind of developed a bond with the readers. You know, mm-hmm. the readers thought he, you know, they were, you know, kind of a special club, you know, their own, you know, clique. And Stanley was talking to him, and I, I forgot who it was. Um, someone posted a memory they had of Stanley, and uh, they go up to him, "Geez, gee, Mister Lee, you know, you're, you know, I, I love, I love, I love the stuff you write." And he goes, "Kid, you got great taste." <laughs> <laughs> well, look at pictures of him in the in like the mid seventies, particularly. He also like you know with the leather jacket with mm-hmm. the butterfly collar and the perpetual tan and the little. And do is, your math. He's about maybe about 50 there. So I there know. you go. <laughs> this is why I sit here and I'm like, sweet, there's hope. Like, <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Um, when do you guys think he became? Because I mean, like the Stanley, we know, you know, the, the the Stanley we know, like right now, the one that we probably have most recent in our memory is the guy who's like everybody's, you know, like you said, this nice old Jewish man. Everybody's like grandfather or something, you know. Um, and you know, he was just always promoting comics. Like he, I think it's a kind of a different Stanley than we had earlier on. When do you think he kind of made that transition? Was it in the eighties, maybe, or was it sooner than that? Um, as far as to becoming more of a huckster, you're saying? Yeah, that's yeah, that's kind of like a weird <laughs> no, question. No. Yeah, I realize no, no, because Stan was always that way. He was, he was always a promoter. Mm-hmm. Um, if you, I don't know if anyone read uh, that Mystery Miracle issue with the Funky Flash Man, Man on Man. Oh yeah, that, yeah. That's Jack Kirby's vision of Stan Lee, mm-hmm. and I wouldn't <laughs> doubt it for a second. Um, I think that it. I think part of it for us, maybe it's because. In the late seventies, Marvel's things Marvel had television properties and there weren't that many channels. And so like the Spider-Man cartoon, the Incredible Hulk with Lou Ferrigno, like yeah. so 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 that's I remember being able to distinguish between Marvel and DC. Like because Linda Carter's Wonder Woman and Christopher Reeve's Superman and Adam West were not in the same world as the Hulk and Spider-Man. And also I knew this from the the first appearance of Thor on have you seen the, the Hulk movie? The Hulk movie. Yeah, I remember that from <laughs> when I was a kid. Yeah. Yeah. So like that's when I kind of Was that also the one with Daredevil or was that like that was the trial of the Incredible Hulk? <laughs> <laughs> it was really bad. Oh, like not guilty. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Hulk must explain extenuating circumstances. Um it was a really bad like Daredevil, like ninja type of mix thing. It was like a black suit with it might have had like little like horns Almost on as it. As bad as Captain America's motorcycle. Helmet. Yeah, I don't think it had the the horns on it, but it was. It was yeah, it was, oh, it was, oh, it was, it was yeah. the black suit that they kind of you know brought back for the first season of yes. Netflix series. It was it was like a cornier version of what yes, they did on was, Netflix. Yeah, I believe there were horns involved. I think that's what it, was. it might have even been like satin or something. Yeah. Like yeah, it was really bad. I mean, it went so outpaced nipples on Batman. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I guess a better way to, now that I'm sitting here, a better way to frame that would have been like, when did we, when did he become Stan Lee comic book writer, editor? And when did he stop being that and start being Stan Lee character of Stan Lee? Like when did he become, I think yeah. he's, 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 he, no, always he, was. he always was. He always was. I yeah, mean, yeah. If you see, I grew up with Stan Lee in, <clears throat> in the sixties and he was pretty much all, you know, the same person as you saw him 20 years, 30 years later. He's always been the same person, always wisecracking, always, you know, hey, kid, how you doing, you know? And, um, but you have to take consideration what he did for the medium. Um, in the 60s, DC owned a lot of the retail space on a lot of the newsstands. So it was very tough for Marvel to get their books out on the stands. They were only limited to maybe about eight to ten titles. That's why a lot of titles changed names and, you know, Tales of Suspense became Captain America. That's why you couldn't, they didn't do that. But um, it got to the point where Marvel was, despite that, Marvel was still kicking DC's ass in sales, mm-hmm. despite that. And that's pretty impressive. That's very impressive. I, I think the zeitgeist, too, was ready for Stanley's, uh, you know, the, the, the humanistic approach that he took to the characters that, that wasn't being covered at the time in the 60s. So just as you have the same kind of energy heading for, and I'm not talking about, like, Flower power. I'm talking about like actually closer to like 68 Democratic Convention. The best way I can describe it is I remember one time looking at the news thing when I was a kid. 
picking up a DC comic and picking up a Marvel comic. And the Marvel comic was a, a, a Fantastic Four to save you. Why must I kill you? That was the title of the thing. And I look at the uh, DC one. The penguin waddles back. <laughs> Yoink. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. 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 Well, that's, you know, that's, that's what people, that's what a lot of people don't understand about the medium too, though, is that, you know, they, they operate under the assumption that, that it is like these baseline, shallow, you know, good guy, bad guy, uh, super villain, superhero stories. But even as teenagers or whenever we were introduced to comics, like it mattered, the, the, the language in the comic and the quality of the art mattered even to me when I was like 11, as it does now in my forties. Yeah. And I think that's what, Part of what people don't understand and part of what what stanley i think not you know among many other things that he accomplished was um because those characters were so very human that when it was time to make uh, the first marvel movie you know the first iron man like there was something about tony stark's character there was something about like you know because otherwise why else would you choose like a i would go almost so far as say a c-level Marvel character. Yeah, absolutely. I, we've had this conversation plenty of times on, on this but, podcast. But knowing the kind of human element, like knowing the kind of struggles that Tony Stark has, as an and then casting Robert Downey Jr., who just basically mirrored Tony Stark's yeah. worst behavior. Yeah. Right? I think it, like that kind of goes all the way back to Stan Lee by, by creating these very human characters. Um, yeah. The, you know, Marvel, the Marvel characters were, you know, how many characters at that time were, you know, Superman, obviously perfect guy you know had no problems and you know, any problems show up superman just takes care of it like and by page 13 you're done and you're, you're on to the backup story. yeah yeah <laughs> um so yeah you know well, stanley was the it. first one to bring in like <laughs> spider-man actually has to be like a real person you know he's got real problems like so yeah that 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 to me is always what you know made me a uh, more of a marvel fan than a dc well, fan spider-man is a great example like he basically takes this teenage boy who gets these powers, who then gets a little selfish with those powers and basically says, screw it. And then as a direct result of his actions, his uncle dies. And so you're a teenager reading that comic. Like we've all done stupid shit when we're teenagers, but like <laughs> at no point did I get superpowers and then accidentally kill a close family member. And yeah. get my uncle. Well, speak for yourself. <laughs> <laughs> we never talk of the Although incidents. I will, I will say that I, I'm really glad that in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, they, they corrected the timeline because if he was living with his aunt and uncle and they looked like Ben and May, who were like his <laughs> great great aunt and uncle. Yeah. It's like grandma off the grandma's pies box. Like. Yeah. <laughs> um <laughs> I just keep thinking of Marissa Tomei's aunt May. Oh yeah. Oh, I mean, come on. Seriously dude. <laughs> I don't know. I think I'm okay with that. Yeah, I'm way too okay with that. Yeah. <laughs> well, I have no complaints. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> just pointing out the transition, you know. <laughs> and that ain't making make me weak eggs anytime. <laughs> well, that's the thing. I've reached an age in my life where I meet the moms of like fourteen year olds, and I'm like, "What's going on?" Yeah, I mean, <laughs> like, not, like not somebody I went to high school with has like you know an eighteen year old. Like, oh my god! Like, we, right? <laughs> yeah. remember that time? <laughs> like thinking Bill and Ted. Remember the time I asked your mom in the prom? Shut up, <laughs> Missy. I mean, mom. <laughs> I just found, I found out that um, kid next door to my father used to live next door to me years ago, many years ago. Uh, he's not congressman. <laughs> <laughs> not congressman. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. 
<laughs> Senator and Mrs. Blutarski. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to say I don't feel 40. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm, I'm right there with you, man. <laughs> um, Forty-two and a half. Well, you're, <laughs> hey, you're halfway to Stanley time. <laughs> I, was just, I was just about to tie it back in. I'm like, yeah. Yeah, Stan Lee's been a part of my life since. Honestly, I want to say the first, you know, the first Marvel comic. I, well, I, when I was a kid, I obviously got like GI Joe comics thrown at me, like you know, because just popular at the time. But the first like Marvel comic I ever really remember reading was a. Uh, it was spectacular one thirty-nine, one where he gets the Captain Universe powers. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I mean, to this day, I mean, I remember, I mean, like that comic was so huge to me. I mean, I had it carried it with me everywhere until it fell apart eventually. I mean, to this day, I, you know, I always remember that story. Like it had such a huge impact on me. You know, anybody, you know, this probably what mid nineties when, uh, Stanley did the just imagine for DC. Yes. Where he really did the, redid the origin (laughs) stories. Yeah. (laughs) I, I I find that kind of uh, amusing. You know, it's kind of like, um, you know, you're, you're, Rivals, you know, going out with your ex girlfriend, you know. <laughs> you mean like Bendis, right? Superman. Superman. Yeah. <laughs> like, Wait a minute. The dialogue just got much longer. <laughs> I mean, some of, it, some of it was really cool. I mean, it was it, an interest. It was more interesting in concept than once in execution. Yeah. I mean, some of the art was really good. The Adam Hughes art was good. Um, but some of his later stuff, you know. Not so much. Have you ever actually read his dialogue out loud? Boy, no. if, boy, do you feel <laughs> read some of his <laughs> 1960s Marvel Comics dialogue out loud, and you, and you just can't, you, I, you won't be able to get through it because you, you hear these words coming out of your mouth. You go, no, <laughs> no. You mean it's like doing spoken word poetry to the first Hanson record? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but sometimes though, it's really comforting to read that, like you know, that era of comics to me anyway. Like you know that. That wholesomeness, that hokiness that, that kind of we don't have today, you know? It's refreshing. You know? I don't know, just kind of talking about Stanley's later stuff, it kind of reminds me of you know, have you guys seen High Fidelity? Yeah. Uh, yeah. With, the, with the question where he goes, uh, top five crimes of Stevie Wonder. Uh, <laughs> Sub question is it uh in fact, unfair to criticize a formerly great artist for his latter day sins. Yeah. <laughs> sub sub question is it better to burn out or fade no away? Yeah. That's, that's, that's the first thing to kind of go The way your daughter likes that. Wait, is she in a coma? You're right, though. Yeah, so absolutely. I took the, again, I'm, I, this is like this big black hole. I took the 90s off. And I also haven't. I was in the shit, man. In the I 90s. haven't read. I, I, <laughs> I was in the front back. line. I read Heroes Reborn. Like, you, were, I, you were looking for Rob, Rob Liefeld's feet. Yeah, you know exactly. what I saw a lot of like the art and stuff from the nineties, and even till this day, like I know that, that there was some definitely quality stuff written then. But I just see like it seems like everybody was hyper, like overinflated, like like just even like the Star Wars figures during that time. <laughs> like, I'm Luke, and I'm gonna like. <laughs> Rip you in half, <laughs> not with my lightsaber, you know. So, so I think I, you know, maybe that's like just a, a victim because it was the 90s, right? When he did those titles, so DC, yes, it was like 90s, was it? It was like late 90s, wasn't it? Was early, it had to be early 90s, huh? Early, late to early to mid like, to late. I, 90s. I read about this and I feel like it was like 93, maybe. Was where, it really that far back, or maybe wow. for 96? Yeah, to Google with us, right? We all, <laughs> we all have like brains in our pockets. <laughs> um, oh, does anybody else remember their first, uh, you know, Marvel uh, Stanley? Has, has anyone ever met Stanley? 
Uh, yeah, I definitely have. I know you, you have. Do you, you have any, like, besides the picture? Or, um, what was your, your, when you walked out, what was your impression? I, uh, I, I, I have photo ops are real quick. Yeah. It's so, very get so, in, get out. Like, so you got to soak everything up real quick. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, uh, early two thousands. Oh, well, yeah. Which is the hangover. Yeah. <laughs> still of the late nineties. <laughs> I mean, people, there were still like limp bits in print. In significant numbers. But they're just not cool to listen to them like, anymore. Big pants with flames. <laughs> Dudes wearing I, Kid I, Rock t-shirts. I never met him or, uh, you know, saw him, but know that one of the guys who uh, used to blog for us was at a, I think it was at Baltimore Con, and Stanley was having breakfast in the same, oh, wow. uh, like, dining area that he was. Uh, yeah, it was, uh, my encounter was maybe, maybe like 15, 20 seconds. It was, you know, very get in and get out. Um, I'm not somebody who kind of like, especially from doing podcasting, like interviewing people, I'm not somebody who gets like starstruck often, or, you know, I can just talk to anybody. Twice in my life, I have locked up meeting people. Uh, the first time was Pat Oswalt, because uh, I'm a huge Pat Oswalt fan. Uh, but the second time was Stanley, and I, 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 the only thing I got out was like a, huh, uh, yeah, like thank you, sir, and like I just kind of like sauntered away. Like any, any of the interviews I did at that New York Comic Con, it was like, you know that Chris Farley skit where he goes, yeah, you know that yeah. time you did that show, the Chris Farley, the show. Chris Farley show, yeah, yeah. yes, yes. That's me doing it. Uh, yeah, I've always I'm said sure that would have been me if I had met Stanley. Yeah, I've always said I never want to do an interview like that. That that exactly would have been the interview if I never gotten to, <laughs> to talk to Stanley. Like I was too young. I was um, at, a, at a convention back when they didn't have the big when they didn't have the big cons. I think it was in like the Midwest, the Plaza Hotel in New York. It was one of, you know, or something akin to that. And he was one of the people appearing, but I didn't give a rat's ass about people. I loved that. Like in this, you know, in like. You know, salon room C for the next twenty minutes. All, all the comics are fifty cents, right? Because it's all everybody's back issues. Like, and they would have like these tricked out rooms where stuff like that would happen. So yeah. I, and yeah, it was Stanley and, and I'm sure another a number of other notable people that my dumbass like nine year old self was too busy picking up like the entire run of Solomon Kane for you know <laughs> a dollar. Where are the X Men Adventures comics, please? I, I need to collect those. <laughs> you know, yeah. it's the foil cover. Yeah. <laughs> I have the non-foil, but I really, really need the foil. I, uh, <laughs> I do, I do miss those. Like popping out of the cover. I do miss those types of. Shows. I even miss like the mall comic book shows. Remember those when they would just throw a bunch of comic tables out in the hallway of the mall? Like, hey, I, that's where I met George Perez. Was it really? We're over at Latham. Wow. Yeah. I remember they used to do them at like Colony Center a lot. They did them at Crossgates a couple of times. And I want to say like in again like in the mid late nineties they just stopped doing them. One time they did it at Latham. I was there. I heard about it. I was walking there. And I don't know why, but George Perez was there, <laughs> not working. He was at a table. He was, just there? He, he was just there, like Excuse a guest. Me, do you know you did that uh, crisis thing? Yeah. Also, is there an orange Julius? In there? <laughs> <laughs> I need to. Uh, I need to know where the nearest chess king is. Uh, <laughs> United Colors of Bed. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I, I really miss those like '90s like small shows. Yeah, I don't see. I showed up in '94, so maybe they were done. Then. Yeah, I remember they used to do. Remember at the uh, was it the Thruway Inn across oh, from SUNY? Okay. Oh, I remember yeah. at the like the Polish Community Center. Uh, yes, the extension. I went to a lot of those when yeah. I was a kid. Yeah, and the only reason I went was it was the '90s, and a friend of mine, his friends had a, they were selling toys, and toy and comic. Yeah, but you can never get someone like Stanley here. 
Oh god. The, no, biggest, yeah. the biggest name you ever got here was like Mark Wolfman. I think that's what it was. So one one convention. I think it was one of the first. Hmm. I remember we were. I it was me and uh, a big evil uh, who does this podcast occasionally. We thought we were so cool when we were like fourteen because we got to hang out with Chris Batista at one of those shows at uh, at the Thruway <laughs> or whatever it was called. Nobody ever came to West Virginia. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but I've, I've told this story before, but I'm going to tell it again. Go for it. Um, I met Stanley twice. Uh, one recently, I think it was about a month before you met him. That was my most recent time uh, at the New York Comic Con two years ago. The first time I met him, I believe, was Atlanta in the 90s. Di- um, was that that picture you posted the other day? Yes. Yeah. Diamond was, um, Diamond had one of their first retailer conferences. It was just, it was around the same time they soaked up another distributor. I think it was Comics Unlimited. And uh, I intended the show, and there was a, it was a free show. I mean, you didn't have to pay to get in. I mean, you got a little goodie bag and everything. But looking back at some of the people they had there, they had Will Eisner there. Wow. They had uh, Stan Lee, John Romita Sr. They had, um, I know there's someone else Mr. T was there. Well, I know. So <laughs> oh, did the I pitied him. Oh, oh, wasn't there. Oh. <laughs> Drink your um, school. Go to milk. <laughs> <laughs> Go to milk. <laughs> Say, boy, you know, cute in them jeans. Yeah. I ain't getting on no plane, animal. <laughs> but uh, two months prior to this, me going to this retailer's conference, I, pit, I picked up a copy of Amazing Spider-Man number one here at the store. And it was quite, it was, I paid a lot for it. Nice looking book, and because um, I didn't have the basic Spider-Man one, so I said, "Okay, this one I'm keeping for myself." And then when I found out I'm going, I go, "Well, I'm going to bring that with me and have Stan sign it, since I knew he was going to be there." So I got there. I was waiting to check in in the hotel, and this, you know, this gentleman sitting in a chair. You know, just he looks kind of he's looking around because there's all these people checking in. And he looked, you know, kind of overwhelmed. I'm just sitting and talking, and I'm looking at him. It's John Romita Senior. And I introduced myself, and I gave him my card, and, and he just seemed to be absolutely amazed. He goes, I cannot believe the business this has become. Mm-hmm. He goes, when we were doing this, we were just doing a job. He goes, I, he was just totally amazed at the attention that he was getting and how big it's become. And, you know, one of the few, and then you saw Stanley just, just walking right through the, the, uh, the front of the hotel, uh, the um the reception, you know, you'll say, hey, hey, everybody, this is without an entourage. This is when you can do it. <laughs> so, um, and later on, um, during the day, you got to meet some of the people and talk to them. And I saw Stan. And I bring my amazing Spider-Man out to have him sign. And I had some pictures taken. And he looks at it and he goes, this book is in really good condition. And I go, it should be. I paid a lot for it. <laughs> And then Stan signed it in the bottom of it, and he goes, well, now it's priceless. <laughs> <laughs> Typical Stan Lee fashion. <laughs> and not even more so. I, I don't think I'll ever sell that book or even slap it. Sure. I mean, because now that book comes with a story. Yeah. yeah. Even better story now. Yeah. And it's just pretty much, you know, sums up who Stan Lee was. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he really knew, just knew how to talk to, you know, talk to all the fans in general, but at the same time when he was interacting directly to you like and uh, two years ago when i saw him in new york comic con and i went to see you know had our picture taken with him just as you did and, um 
And this was announced as his last East Coast appearance. Yeah, yeah. And, and the only reason I paid the money for it, I go, well, this could be his last appearance. Is his yeah. last appearance. I'd like a you know picture with him, you know, as opposed to that little disposable camera I had. So we had our picture taken with him, and I went there. And I made it a point to show him my tattoo, which he goes, oh wow, he goes, that's really. He said that's really cool. So I got a an endorsement on my tattoo from Stan. So, um, but I remember him looking very frail. I remember it almost like him being posed. Yeah, when we saw him at Rhode Island, it was you, you know. He didn't there, move he, much. Yeah, he needed some assistance. Yeah, yeah, he was. Uh, and his was, I believe, one of the longest lines. Kerry Fisher was longer. The what, that the was weight. the same year, though, right? Yeah, didn't same you, year. You guys. Yeah, up. I'm the specter of death. <laughs> Within the yeah, like a, <laughs> a month and a half, probably. Of each yeah, and the year oh, following. Who can we have JC take a picture? And with? the year and, and the year following, I shook Anthony Bourdain's hand. And I would I like to meet the president. <laughs> yeah, I was, yeah, was going to say. I like, asked Bourdain a question. I got to see him in St. Louis. I was in town the day after Trump was elected president. I flew to St. Louis, Missouri, to do a paper on the G Willow race and then Marvel. And I got, Bourdain just happened to be doing a speaking tour. But yeah, so I got a signed book. And during Q&A, I asked a question. And so I, you know, mm-hmm. you and I were taking out all the cool. I shook Hunter S. Thompson's hand. Sorry about that. <laughs> Shut. <laughs> but one thing about Stan's books, I remember, I mean, you can look at a Kirby book from FF, or you can look at a Ditko book. I mean, the art is beautiful, it's powerful, but sometimes when you have Stan's words in it, it's what really sells it. Mm-hmm. I mean, just try to read one of those books without hearing his voice. Yeah. Yeah, any, any kind of general comic, you know, narration at this point, like, hey, true believer, like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Every time I hear Cuomo say Excelsior, I'm like, <laughs> not your line, dude. Yeah. <laughs> you know? That's our word. <laughs> I do remember awesome. his appearance on The Simpsons. Yes, that I'm is what. Hawk. Yeah. Stan Lee came back. Stan Lee never left. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was a really good one. Is that the same episode as Watchmen Babies? Maybe not. Uh, no, yeah. no, because the Stanley one is angry dad. Yeah, yeah, it makes comic. the comic. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was that the same one as the thing melon baller? <laughs> like it's just like the thing like pooping out melon balls. Like, <laughs> and then not that I, you know, I, I did watch the show a little bit. It was when uh, the uh, it was the what's the one with this idiot children and. Oh, Big Bang Theory. Yeah, when they when he got the Batman signed yes. by the <laughs> signed by the by Stanley. By oh, Stanley. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> so you could see he had a bat, <laughs> and then Stanley also had like it was a Discovery Channel. It's like real life superheroes. Oh, yes. oh yeah, 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 yeah. I, I think I lent you that DVD like at some point, like ten no, years I, ago. No, it wasn't because I, I saw it on TV. All right, all right, yeah. Because I bought it like right after it first aired on the History Channel. Like, oh, I just, you know, what are they? What are those things like? What yeah, they just like, show this you? This guy like, can be soaked in ice water for you know, yeah three days. <laughs> this guy can run. Oh no, I'm thinking of a different one. I'm thinking of the like the history of oh, comics. No, this was one. like 2006. Or yeah, something. somewhere on there, it was like Stanley Super Super Andrew, Yeah. And it was on like History Channel or H two, maybe you know, it was one of those like coming up next <laughs> aliens like built the pyramids, followed by. I remember one of them was like, on fire. yeah, this, this guy is- can swim for five miles without taking it. But the thing was, but Stan only did the intros; like he wasn't 
and then he had somebody else do the whole yeah. like investigation. I, uh, I <laughs> and remember. Then he'd be sitting there going, "So as you can see, like no, you weren't <laughs> there. Like you stand a lackey." <laughs> I just had a uh, like a memory pop back into he my was head. Great enough to have the lackey. Oh hell yeah. <laughs> I think the first thing I had to have seen Stanley in, didn't he do the, uh, wasn't it like the draw comics, the Marvel way with Stanley, those old like VHS tapes. Yes. I've, I've, I've got that. I, I, I transferred that to a DVD just, just to watch it. And I remember it, it's an amazing, um, tool for someone who does learn how to draw. Yeah. But I just remember John Buscema in the background. You can oh almost, yeah, yeah. I've seen this. Yeah. And you can see Stanley <laughs> just being Stanley and you could almost see Jar my, um, John Buscema's eyes roll slightly. Yeah, right. <laughs> I think, oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> <laughs> They're all going to look like Johnny Storm. <laughs> Angel Johnny Storm with wings. <laughs> Cyclops Flash. Johnny Storm with glasses and brown hair. Flash has Peter Parker up against... No, Johnny Storm has Peter Parker <laughs> Well, at the very least, he was readable. <laughs> you know? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, even how to draw the comics the Marvel way was an entertaining book. <laughs> so I, let me ask you know, and uh, JC, I'm only asking you because we weren't there. Um, no, I mean, <laughs> why weren't you? Like, you know, um, Shame on you. Know, know. And you call yourself a fan? Sex. My parents didn't have it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I take that up with them. Yeah. But um, <laughs> but so when when people again, I don't know any, I know shit about the course, but <clears throat> when people talk about the the mid to late '60s mess. And versus, like, so people become Mets fans because the dynasty that is New York, like, Mets, was they it, won one fucking series. <laughs> I know, I know. But this is, but, but in terms of like, but the '86 Mets, the immediacy, the immediacy of the moment though was it sort of like DC was the Yankees and they had just been doing things, and then like along comes these these the these, underdog the Marvel. Underdogs. I remember, I remember watching this. I remember staying up really late. Uh, I don't know if you remember the. Tomorrow show with Tom Snyder. Yes. Yeah. Well, I remember one, one of his first, one of his first shows. He was had, his butt on something yeah. because human Lunesta Tom Snyder. Like another cigarette. <laughs> he was he was he was uh, doing a segment on comic books, and he had Stan Lee, uh, Carmine Infantino, <laughs> Julia Schwartz, and they, they were talking about comics, and um, you see. I think it was Drew Schwartz. He goes, you know, the comics were just, it was just entertaining. You know, you have something to read, but you're eating or going to the bathroom, you know. <laughs> and then, then, and then comes Stan. Well, let me tell you about art books, true believers. And <laughs> he goes, Marvel is just a little pup yipping at the heels of the big Goliath. And almost in unison, you can see Carmine Infantino and, and Drew Schwartz just put their, you know, face palm and just shake their heads. <laughs> well, isn't, isn't, isn't it the story that goes that? He kind of based, you know, after they came up with the idea for putting all the DC characters together for the Justice League, that's kind of, he kind of took that and ran with it. Oh, he stole it. He stole that for the Fantastic Four. In fact, he actually, I don't know if you ever read um, uh, Origins of Marvel Comics. Yes, that's what I, that's what I believe I read. he, He actually comes out and almost says he's, he lifted it and he goes, well, well, I created a, uh, you know, a, a superhero group. I created Spider-Man. What's next? What's the most powerful superhero? Well, it would have to be a god. And, oh, I can't do God. Well, I can do Thor. And so that's how that was his train of thought. That's how he came up with these creations. The Hulk. Well, it's Frankenstein's monster. 
he always borrowed from something else. But now Fantastic yeah. Four, though, was the first group comic, right, that he did? That came before X-Men. Right? What is it? Fantastic Four came before X-Men. Oh, yes, yes, yes. So the question is, though, to kind of just... To Are you talking about the first superhero comic? No, no, no. The first, the first superhero team. Like, if we talk about Stanley like looking at Justice League... That was the Justice League. Well, no, no yeah. I'm saying, in other words, if Stan's looking at Justice League, and then did he... Did he Martin, Martin Goodman pointed out to Stan, saying, you know, this is one of the DC's best-selling books. Because the Fantastic Four, they're their family. Like, I wonder if there's that element where he looked at it and said, yeah, I can take this idea of, like, superheroes teaming up, but imagine if they all were totally interrelated, where if something happens to one, it affects everybody love else. Well, I think, I think, I think Stan made it a point to actually say, you know, it's, I wanted to introduce a little, in, you know, internal conflict into a group. You know, yeah. things aren't as rosy or as happy. And, you know, if you look at the Fantastic Four... Thing is definitely not happy being the thing. Yeah, seriously, <laughs> he comes back with that bullshit. You can <laughs> and, 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 you guys get all the cool powers and, and, and turn it into this. Yeah, in the in the first early issue, he was the total bitch. <laughs> Every other issue, and the way they drew him in those. Things. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, look at a walking mud pile. <laughs> yeah, before he got Michael Chiklisson. Michael <laughs> <laughs> Oh, or whatever the hell that last thing was on <laughs> uh, no uh, the last boot of, uh, reboot of the Fantastic Four oh <laughs> Pile of Gravel Stanley was so so influential he actually made DC change their books mm-hmm. I mean you think DC was happy with Marvel getting all these you know college students this is this is where a lot of these um, relevant comics from the 60s from um, DC came out because of Stan Mm-hmm. Because he ignored the comics code with um, Amazing Spider Man, yeah, Amazing Spider Man, the three party got hooked on pills, right? Right. But the po- point is, it's it was this is before internet and all that, but that that got picked up by news services, and right? Stuff. And they asked him to do that, right? Didn't they didn't the government asked him to do a story to show the dangers of like drugs? So they did that story, and then it was, and then they turned around and mm-hmm. said. Well, the comics code says you can't show it. You can't show it. We want. Oh, that's what it was. The comics code asked him to do it to 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 like do like sort of a morality, and so they did it. And then the comics code said, "Yeah, we're not going to publish it. We're not going to put our seal on it because it it portrays drugs, regardless of the positive message that we're putting out there." And that's the first one, right? Where right, and he's and Stan goes, "Okay, yeah, doesn't matter. I'm putting it out anyway. I mean, after all, I mean, Archie doesn't." <laughs> or gold key, yeah. Jughead, put down the burger. Well, I've Riverdale. And Harvey lately, yeah. definitely did. I mean, if any company deserved that thing, it's Harvey Comics. I mean, come on, you know, Satanism, hot stuff. And you, you got wait, uh, Casper, dead babies, Casper. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. You got dead babies. Sabrina, Wicked. You know. No, no, no. Oh, that's no, nuts. That's Richie Rich, come on. Oh, Richie, right. Donald Trump Jr. is a kid. <laughs> And what's this little little dot with all these uncles and aunts? Wink, wink. <laughs> little little Lotta with an eating disorder. <laughs> tell tell me these things don't have one, deserve one of these little things slapped in their covers. <laughs> well, could that be a part and parcel of the way in which people judge the medium? So, in other words, like they didn't even take a real close look at it. If the cover alone just looked like it was some hot stuff, it was a devil in a diaper. Okay. <laughs> But that was also the same. But but from a, a contemporaneous and, and don't even get me started on Baby Huey. Oh, <laughs> Baby uh, Huey, a, a mentally challenged duck. 
<laughs> these are, the names of all these characters are things that people in my family have called like my cousin. And here's a simpler time. And here's, yeah, yeah, and here's something for you to Google. Uh, Buzzy the Crow. There you go. Google that. I've seen Song of the South, so yeah. <laughs> I remember being like, I'm waiting for that sort of like, oh, I'm God. waiting for the live action. Oh yeah, right. <laughs> do buddy do da. Oh God, oh, <laughs> I mean, show that shit on like HBO. Uh, yeah, that would be that would be on the Disney Channel when we yeah. were kids. I remember, yeah. <laughs> Not coming to Blu-ray yeah. <laughs> streaming service. <laughs> Will that be on the Disney Plus streaming service? Yeah. <laughs> That's locked deep, deep, deep in the vault. (laughs) (laughs) So, since we were talking about the the medium, okay, I was, (laughs) and the way in which people read it, should we should we talk? Should we address the um, the blog post that uh, our friend? Look, I generally enjoy. I watch Bill Maher every Friday. Yeah, same here. Uh, I'm a fan. I I agree generally with a lot of what he has to say, and I I don't. I'm not angry with him so much as I think it's just another example of. There are JC folks who, queued up. who still don't understand the medium, and so, right? Like, I think I think it's I think it's easy. It's, it's an easy target, and I think he's, yeah. I think I, I think obviously he's not a fan of, of the films or or doesn't watch the films, and so he just assumes that whatever's stopping him from wanting to watch the films is what's happening in the comics. Yeah, I like you see, like like uh, Chad just said, it's an easy target. I think. It's kind of like a hack. It's kind of like a hack joke almost. It's like, you well, know, it's a it, thing you can just go to. Oh, comics. You, you know, know like, as much as, you know, comics are the thing now, there's still the, you know, the stereotype of, you know, the your average comic book person. Yeah, your comic, li- li- comic living, nerd, living in like, their parents' basement. Right. We've moved to the first floor, damn it. <laughs> We go to conventions now, and sometimes we have sex with other people. <laughs> some <laughs> hotel rooms. Some of us take showers. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it is one of those like tropes that just still exists. You know, the geeky comic nerd. Uh, but the way is, he twists it, though, and then turns it into, like, that's why we ended up with Trump. No, I that's how you don't get President Trump, like, is by having kids read. Well, and, we're also yeah. going to go to no, a con. You know what? I also think that, you know, maybe, you know, maybe he's just trying to, you know, he get his, you know, 15 minutes first thing. I don't know. Well, there was a whole and Iron Man 3 thing. Didn't his scene get cut? Oh, really? really? Yeah. Yes, it did. <laughs> yeah. So well, it yeah, it explains that, that. Yeah. You know, Bill Maher reminds me of this kind of person I remember. And I'm sure every one of us has known this kind of person. It seemed like to be okay, but, you know, what are you into? Oh, I'm into sports, or I'm into cars, or I'm into this, and that records. What are you into? Comics. Oh, and, my and, wife. And, 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 yeah. and, and no matter, and no matter how good of a person they are, they just, they just think bad of comics, and they will look at you differently because of that. Mm-hmm. And Bill Maher apparently is one of those people. Right. Hey, I mean, what are you doing tonight? Are oh, you doing a podcast? Ew, yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, I remember in high school, I committed the, the quote unquote social sin of like walking in into the you know one day to the senior lounge, plopping my ass down on the couch, and like comic pulling books? out my comics, and they just brought like. <laughs> Like, whoa, what are you doing? Right. <laughs> like, yeah. No one's going to touch your special no-no place. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I figured people grew out of that. But apparently, some people don't. I mean, for someone to say, I, th- I don't think it's a huge stretch to suggest that Donald Trump can only get elected in the country that thinks comic books are important. <sighs> yeah, too much. There, it, it would be forgivable in, in the early 90s because you didn't read Miller 
write Batman, and he didn't read more writing Swamp Thing or something like that. But it's not forgivable in 2018. Yeah, there's like the medium is just it's 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 spilling out. It's not just superhero comics. I mean, if you look at the the Road to Perdition, like there's plenty of comic yeah. properties. There's not yeah, like there's not just superheroes yeah. and stuff in, in blowing up. Like, there's going to be some people who just aren't going to get it and never will, and they don't want to. So. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, yeah, <laughs> let's yeah, do our thing. Listen, Prick, yeah. we vote in your direction. So. <laughs> I, I mean, really, we don't we, we don't get on you about your ability to drugs and strippers. I mean, come on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, really. <laughs> I mean, look, I've seen DC Cab, <laughs> and I can't. Oh, you're un- the you're the one, <laughs> and I can't yeah. unsee DC Cab. <laughs> Speaking of Mr. T, <laughs> but you know, I, I take this into consideration. From someone who's a comedian who actually thought it was funny to drop the N bomb right. on a show for a very lame joke. Right. That wasn't even worth going, going for. Right. Well, and he was, that was him also. He was punching, like, I forgot who it was. It was a congressman from uh, yeah, Mississippi. Uh, I don't know where he was. But anyway, but like, he was like, literally, he was punching for the ball sack. He was, he was down. So he was, he was trying to trap. That dude into well, uh, was it Duncan Hunter? No, it wasn't yeah. Duncan Hunter. Yeah, I don't remember, but I, I remember the incident. Yeah, uh, are we talking about when it was on the show? Yeah, Bill Maher. Wasn't it the uh, guy that didn't he have the guy that played uh, Cletus on Dukes of Hazard? And wasn't that? Oh, he that was years ago. Yeah, yeah. No, this was like in the past oh. like six months. Oh, okay. so, yeah, remember yeah. that all these eighties like B list people were running were like I mean all of a sudden Gavin McLeod was freaking like <laughs> congressman, right? And, <laughs> <laughs> like you were on Love Boat. Yeah. <laughs> now we were congressmen. I call foul. Fast forward. And we, yeah, yeah. Fast forward to now. To now, <laughs> I'm not going to vote for Miranda for governor. Yeah, yeah, right. I'd rather have Samantha. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you are such a Charlotte. Well, the real senators of DC. <laughs> um, I'm reading it back into uh, to Stanley. So, so yeah, we were talking about Bill Maher's comments about Stanley's passing. And, you know, um, well, only someone like that just doesn't get it. I mean, he's not in the comics. Never was. Never will be. I mean. Look, there's things I'm not into. I don't understand wrestling. I, no. But, oh, you yeah. know, I, I'm 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 not gonna I'm not gonna. Show I say it. that as somebody who had to interview two wrestlers this past week and like conduct a panel with two wrestlers. Well, I'm not into wrestling. I'm not into uh, uh, what do you call it? Uh, cars. What do you know? Yeah, like a, like a Jay Leno level of fascination with cars. Oh yeah, the, like, those, the yeah. ones that go around the track. Yeah, race cars. Yeah. Yeah. Car. I know, like like I know people who would like DVR the race. Yeah, and like. I I would never, but I'm not going to shit on it. But yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. You know, I mean, just because I don't like it doesn't mean it doesn't have any value to you. Right. I mean, I, I just I, I really don't like it. I, I really don't like to not. drive, so I couldn't imagine driving around. I can turn right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> I don't know, but I mean, why? I, I look at wrestling. I go, oh god, Jesus Christ, Sil- hillbilly soap opera. You know? I don't yeah. Know. I wish if somebody wants to make a, a billion dollars because I will I will pay I couldn't tell you how much I'll pay for this invent an app that filters all the wrestling posts out of your Facebook feed. <laughs> wow! <laughs> like, please, somebody what, invent that. What analytics did you get <laughs> tied up in? I don't have any. It's it's it is uh, the closest I got was during the campaign when people were posting the footage of Trump like bitch slapping Vince uh, in WrestleMania. Uh, 
yeah, in WrestleMania. It is astonishing to me, like how many of my people, you know, my friends who I thought were like, you know. Yeah, 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 like I could name a few. Yeah, like Monday, you know, it's it's raw time. Like what? <laughs> like, I could name, name a few for you. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, I don't you know. But after we just said, yeah, we, hey, we don't want to shit on anybody else's yeah. thing. Let's we, shit on wrestling. Yeah. I don't. Mean, what, well, you have well, one thing about wrestling. Even though I don't like it or appreciate it, I mean, she got to be a hell of an athlete. And I think it's funny as hell that half these people who fight each other end up. Getting pulled over by cops because they're smoking pot in the cardigan. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And we got to show Hogan knows best, right? Hogan's like, oh, is that, is, yes. Is that where they had to escape from Stalag thirteen? Or <laughs> no, no. This was this like reality show with, with his, his kids. His kids. He had to escape with his kids. Yeah. Uh, no. <laughs> there was one show like in the nineties. Road maniacs. Where he was like, say your prayers. It was basically Knight Rider, but with like a boat, and he was like the Michael Knight character. Oh, I think. Yeah, what was I that? Um, Tropic Thunder, was it? Or something like that? No, no, Tropic Thunder, Thunder was. Uh, it was some dude playing the yeah. <laughs> Playing another dude. Playing another no, it was like, it was Tropical Thunder or something like that. Very close to it. <laughs> <laughs> Back to Google, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, Y'all really ruining this, true believers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, Stan. So, l- l- let me ask you this. If you had, you said you got tongue tied meeting Stan. Yeah. Okay. If you had a chance to meet Stan Lee one more time, what would you say to him? I, I, you know, I've thought about that and I honestly couldn't tell you. I mean, like other than like what I did get out, like a thank you. Like, what can you say? Like, you know, this is a person who's, you know, you know, I can speak for myself, given me so much in terms of, you know, just, you know, my childhood, even my adult, like to this day, I mean, it's still a huge influence on my life. You met yeah, your wife right. because of yeah, Stanley. <laughs> pretty much, yeah, because no. of my fascination with comic books. Like, you wouldn't have been in the Javits Center. Yeah. If not for Stan. Thunder in Paradise. Thunder in uh, Paradise. There we go. Yeah, yeah. Is that what we called it when you met her? <laughs> <laughs> What's this we're drinking? Like thunder in Paradise. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so, uh, you know, and again, with that, you you know, so knowing because that, of him, you wouldn't have if I if I wasn't a huge comic nerd, no, I mean I, I wouldn't, I, and I can directly attribute that to Stan Lee because I've always been a Marvel person. You know, if there were no Marvel comics, I don't think I would have gotten as deep into comics as I did. You know, with with just DC comics. Whoever you are, we never introduced ourselves. Did we? Eh, we've been doing this a long yeah, time. <laughs> but I can take care of that in the intro, also. <laughs> Top pace. Yeah, <laughs> editing a podcaster's best friend. Yeah. <laughs> So yeah, I mean, like, uh, what what could you say again, knowing you have like ten seconds to get to get a picture taken and say what you want to say oh, to I this have, person who's made, you know, what what did you say again? I'm sorry, did you say it before? I, well, after I showed him my tattoo, <laughs> I just like own a comic book store. I go, thanks for my life. Cool. Oh man, yeah. yeah. But like, yeah. we we can't say that. <laughs> oh, well, <laughs> you could say the second but, part. Thanks yeah, for my life. thanks for my life. Yeah. Well, and actually, thanks for my life. Like me, I was I, the, the last two conferences I traveled to to do academic work was on comics. So, like, I couldn't imagine at like ten years old, eleven years old, reading comics, looking at professional opportunity where, like, I'm in a city somewhere, you know, in the middle of the country. Other, yeah, across the you know, different side of the country. I I wouldn't have believed that. I mean. That was, Two years ago, I remember picking up a copy of Entertainment Weekly, and not only was Ant-Man on the cover, <laughs> but they also had an article with uh, Matt Fraction and Kelly Sue the Comic wow. <laughs> on, their, on their work. And I go, wow. 
Like, did you ever think Michael Douglas would play Hank Pym in a movie? Actually, <laughs> like, actually always. <laughs> I've always thought. But, I mean, like, uh, you know, like you said, Ant-Man on the cover of Entertainment. Go, if you could go back in time 20 years, like 25 years, and tell your younger self, you know, you just pull out the copy of Entertainment Weekly with Ant-Man on the cover, like, what the fuck? Like, not only is there a superhero on Entertainment Weekly, it's Ant-Man. Right. <laughs> yeah. And people are excited about this? Well, like, you can't even watch season one of Lost and then come up behind yourself and go, Evangeline Lily is going to be the wasp in a major motion <laughs> <Yeah>. picture. I wish you did that during the last season. Seriously. That's what happened to the church. Like, now we know. I only made it through the second, halfway through the second season. Oh, you didn't watch the one? You're a lucky one. And I got lost. The Brian came on. And all of a sudden, the Ireland's like flipping upside down. I thought you did the spider one. The, spi- the spider bite. Well, he with Paolo he, and Nikki. Nikki. Yeah. Well, yeah, that was universally known as the worst episode of Lost. Yeah. The last I thing I it remember. was bad. I, I, they were the, you know, universally hated cast members. <laughs> yeah. But I just liked the way they just, just the, okay, you guys don't like them? They're gone. Boom. <laughs> I think the last thing I remember was, what was it, Charlie the druggie finding the statues with the drugs in them? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That shows you how far I got. Um, Paolo and Nikki always reminded me of that one bit in The Simpsons. Uh, I think it was the Poochie episode where. Like, <laughs> yeah. And then they have like the, the construction paper. And then he went back to his home. Yeah, I think it's, it's either. It happens multiple times in the episode. But, like, missed it. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, I think it's Marge who starts it out. And, like, you know, these you know, these cartoons try to bring in, you know, new viewers with new characters. And they're like, hey, Mrs. S. Oh, hi, Roy. And then, like, they just don't acknowledge that there's a new character. Yeah, Roy, he lived in like an apartment above the garage. What the fuck? Is he in the? Uh, is he in Westworld now? Who? Uh, Paul, the guy who plays Paul. I know he was in the Three Hundred movie. I didn't even. I didn't even know. Who, I, I didn't, yeah, I didn't even know who he was. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Hi, Roy. Oh, hi. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was what. And then you see the uh, the revamped Itchy and Scratchy. Hello, would you like some lemonade? Don't mind if I do. Like, that was the whole show. The and end. that's when all the kids go outside and they play, what, Stravinsky, right? Right to spring? Right to yeah. Spring. And suddenly, you know, they're like playing and they're. It's like a maypole, yeah. 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 a maypole. Speaking of the Simpsons, when we're done here, I'll show you my latest sketch. Oh, nice. Um,. Kind of he was influenced by Brian Azzarello's uh, recent awesome. Batman books. <laughs> Good God! <laughs> That's amazing. Who drew that? Brian Brown from the local guy. The local Ryan from the, Brown. From the local guy. The, the, that the, doesn't sound good. The, the, local, uh, the local Ryan Brown. Not Turn it around, Ryan. Chad. You're making him sound like a pimp. <laughs> yeah, we got the artist the in the back Ryan of the truck. Pick Brown. one. I'll draw right. something for you. Yeah. <laughs> we'll draw for food. <laughs> Blank covers five times. Right. Um, you know, I think it's fitting that we kind of fallen into this, this Simpsons conversation. You know, uh, not only is the show that Stan was on, but like in terms of cultural impact, I mean, what other properties have had that same level of cultural impact as like Stanley, the Simpsons, like the he's the he's the Beatles of comics. I was just about to say the Beatles, like the Elvis. Yeah, or the yeah. Elvis of comics. Yeah, yeah. De- definitely. P.T. Barnum of comics. definitely deserves a spot on the uh, Mount Rushmore of comics. The thing is, is there'll never be another Stanley. No, ever. Yeah. I mean, he was an ori- he was a, a truly an American original. Um, 
you will never see anyone like him from the comics field. I mean, you'll see similar people, but no one likes Stan Lee. Right, or you'll see writers and artists that have a certain like you've always got you, you we've got Gaiman and Moore and Morrison and but we're but in terms of the, the yeah, medium but, yeah but will there ever be another Bowie? No, yeah. exactly that's what I'm saying. Yeah, like we've I mean, got who could who could pull off that same? But like level Morrison of, also didn't you know introduce those many that many. I mean Morrison has worked with a lot of iconic characters but didn't produce and then promote. The way um, I would say it would be almost impossible I think for anybody to kind of adopt that same type of personality to, you know, to be that enthusiastic and that kind of just hyped about comics and still come off as genuine and not come off as like, Oh, this guy's clearly just trying to be Stanley or just clearly trying to sell us comics. So yeah, I don't think there's anybody who's ever going to, who's going to, you know, can fit that mold again. No, he, 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 whenever you saw him, he's always, always had a smile, always your friend. Whether you read him in Stan's soapbox or whether you actually saw him in person, you're lucky enough to see him in person. He was the same, same Stan Lee, the character he created. Hmm. And, it, um, <laughs> so the fact that there won't be another, though, I still feel kind of like this is going to sound super hokey, but why? Who not wants to be the next Stan Lee? No, not who wants to be the next Stan Lee, but it's almost like he gave everybody, regardless of where, of, of how, everybody associated with the medium, whether you're a fan own a shop or you're an artist or a writer or a distributor like we were on the bicycle and the, the training wheels were off and stanley gave us our last push and we're going to be okay we don't need anybody to run behind us and hold the seat anymore and that's why maybe there also won't be another stanley because like i don't think i think the medium has grown in such depth and complexity that you don't need someone to come along 15 years from now and go wow you know hey comics, comics. Suck. somebody's got to like bring it back Maybe you, know, but there, you never there, know there, if there's going to be that you know eventual ebb. You know, I think we're in a massive you know flow period right now. There, you know, there could be a ebb where you know comics become, you know, get to the point where they are, you know, or were when Stanley yeah, Marvel was, movies are eventually going to get diminishing returns. You yeah, know, but how many Marvel movie people are necessarily like reading, let's say monthly? Also, like it's one thing if they're buying the trades at a big brick and mortar one thing I noticed, one thing i noticed um and this was going to the new york comic con is how different the professionals are there now than they were when stan first started i mean the professionals are there they know their work is worth something they will sign and charge you for it when applicable sometimes you know you'll make people ask make a contribution to something but it's more of a business now mm -hmm. then it was more friendly more informal and as i mentioned before I, I remember when i was in atlanta at the retailers conference i was on the elevator and standing on the elevator with me by himself pressing a button and the door's about to open he looks he goes oh, i'm on the wrong floor mm -hmm. and just as scatterbrained as he was that was stan lane and the thing is is when he as soon as he went into the elevator everybody knew who he was yeah no one asked him for autograph. Everyone was just happy to see him. Right. And with a little mix up there, he goes, oh, we're on the floor. And everyone had a chuckle because, you know, hey, that's Stan Lee. <laughs> we had a little experience with Stan Lee. And, you know, I'm lucky enough to see that and I had a couple other ones. So there's that. That is a great story. Just it's not the time for an autograph. Everybody knows that. You know, just enjoy right. it. <laughs> well, I also think that, you know, it kind of, you know, says, you know, 
if there's, you know, a creator that you really, really like, you know, then, you know, take the opportunity at a convention to, you know, thank them for, you know, you know, providing you with, you know, entertainment or, you know, inspiring you to do something. I mean, I wish, um, I wish I would have, uh, I would have been able to meet Darwin Cook. I mean, mm. yeah, that's a, that's a, that's a, a very good point. Um, there was this artist um, in the 60s, 70s. Boy, did I hate his style. I mean, I absolutely, every time I picked up one of his books, I go, how can he get away with just drawing like this? I just, and I just had a huge, intense dislike for this guy. I finally met him years later. Yeah, um, in fact, you know, it was many years later. Around the years, he, he, had, he had trouble getting work. And he even adapted his style to the 90s look. Oh, beefcake. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no feet. <laughs> and you go, oh, that's just awful. And I finally had a chance to meet him. And I saw him and talking to him. And he was the most nicest, the most warmest person I ever met. He was so grateful to his fans and he was so generous. And that was, I was, I just felt like, I just felt so selfish. I mean, this guy's just probably putting, you know, you know, food on the table for his family. And all I can think of is this one issue that, of a comic that he did. I go, he, he, I thought he, he had to have done it in a weekend with, with a flare pen, <laughs> which I thought was that horrible. But I, I saw him and like it or not, he was part of Marvel history and I did see him. I just kind of shook his hand and thanked him for everything. And, and I said I was a fan. And after I walked away, I had a, a better appreciation for his work. I wasn't so harsh. Mm -hmm. and, and I think that's very important. And I think Stan kind of opened that door up for people. That you should be afraid to, as Chad mentioned, to thank a creator for what they did. And sometimes a simple thanks means a lot. Mm -hmm. Not everyone's Stan Lee. Right. Well, whenever I see in independent creators, especially at smaller cons, I always buy something. Yeah. When you know when they, when they publish themselves, you know, because like good for you for for putting like like you're gonna have a few boxes of this probably in your attic, <laughs> um, unless you know it turns into something special, and, and, and hopefully it is. But I always I would rather part with ten or fifteen dollars and and grab a couple of issues of an indie comic. That's why I always love having like indie guys on the show to, to, to talk about their books. Like you, you know, people are way more passionate about something that they create themselves than something they're just paid to do, you know? Mm -hmm. And you, you know, they'll tell you, they'll tell you way better stories than anybody who's you know worried about like pissing off some PR person at their company. Yeah. Recently we just had, um, I think his name is Ryan Cady, who does Infinite Dark. I think yeah. He, he came in and I got one of those right. copies that he saw. He, he came in and, um, he came in with Zoe Quinn. She's doing an upcoming book called oh, what was it? Wait, um, something Queens. Damn it. Yeah. For Vertigo. Mm -hmm. And they were very nice people. They were they stopped. They were going from store to store to store. Um, just kind of introducing themselves. I mean, you can tell they're just kind of getting into the business. And I, not something you could have done in Stanley's day. Mm -hmm. I mean. It was very. It was a lot tougher then, but 
I, I found it interesting that they actually made a point to stop at a store. I mean, this guy, the, I know they go all over the place. And I guess they must have family here or somebody, you know. They live, I think he's in Brooklyn. <clears throat> well, I think she might be you know, someone from the area. Because oh, oh, oh. I guess they were traveling together. Um, and I feel bad. I don't remember that book. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it's funny because I wanted to check out that book. And I looked at the cover and like, what is this mark on the cover? And then Nick was like, oh, yeah, he... He just came in here. I said, "Is he local?" Then he goes, "No, he just—he's like driving from shop to shop throughout New York, and he signs, you know, a bunch of these." So I'm like, that, "That was the thing when I was, you know, this cool. this past year was my first year as press at New York Comic Con. It's like, and I and I did, I did have two interviews set up through DC Comics, but you know, I just kind of went around the tables, and I, you know." If it looked like something I'd be interested in, then I would, you know, ask them if they wanted to do an interview. And you know, I I got some tips for you later. Oh, <laughs> oh boy, critiques of my videos. No, 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 <laughs> no. no. I, I, I'm, uh, I'll tell you. Yeah. No, not in your videos at all. Just, just talk about Just you in general in life. <laughs> not at all. I've had my eye on you. Yeah. <laughs> wait, wait to get some extra interviews. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Good. So it's it's that. So it's nothing bad. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I, I mean, even the, I spent a little time up on the you know the main floor in, in the area that they had where like like the independent creators were hanging out, and I so I you know said, I, I kind of you know looked around and you know if if it if it interests me then I would uh, you know ask them if they would like to you know do a you know interview because. I don't know. I, I, I think that if they if they if they can go to a con like that and you know give what they're doing, then they deserve to be <laughs> yeah deserve to be heard. Yeah, yeah. But, well, working. I think to, you know obviously my background professionally and coming under the you know, arts and humanities and literature and stuff. I think like imagine so William Blake everything William Blake the British poet wrote he did engraved drawings for right so like all of his poems were engraved so when you read it just in pro in in the you know the text it's missing the images I mean everything all of his books nerd nerd <laughs> but he was he published all that shit himself like if you wanted a copy of the Marriage in Heaven and Hell by William Blake like you went to his shop and got so I picture someone like a William Blake at a con as an indie you know, as a guy who's like owns the means of production, like yeah, hanging out at the table, everything, or... hanging out at this table, and yeah, marriage of heaven and hell, like that's where the doors got their name from. If the, you know, if the the doors of perception were cleansed, then everything would appear as it is infinite. And so Huxley took that line for uh, Brave New World, you know, um, and and doors of perception, and then Jim Morrison was a big. Poet and Blake guy. So like, so Blake though was technically like an indie comic writer artist yeah. sitting at a table. So yeah, sitting at a folding but table. This like would have been engraving in the, ten dollars, yeah. deluxe engraving. And this 25. would have been in the early nineteenth century. <laughs> so like, you never know who's sitting there and whose work is going to blow your mind. You yeah, know? I would. I, or like, you know, you know what it's like when you go to see a band and you just, or you you're in a, in a city that you don't know. And you go to a bar and you have dinner and you have drinks and then there's a band setting up and you decide to stay and all of a sudden like you're really enjoying the original music of these people in like Cincinnati that you've never heard of. <laughs> and that's, you know, it's like the stories, right? You never know when you're going to have a story. You're like, yeah, believe it or not. Yeah, I went the, to the uh, table at, you know, like this, you know, this small con, this indie person who turned into, insert name of someone, you know, 
That's really why I interview all the indie people, just in case they make you a You should. Pick. I would have an archive. Seriously. Yeah. <laughs> they, I, I will tell you, after, you know, from years of doing this, indie people are always the best interviews. Like, always, hands down. Like, you know, someone went up to Alan Moore and was like, you're, you're a strange fellow. I think this, I'm done. <laughs> 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 tell okay. me about these well, I was gonna tell you clock about. people. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> oh, anyway, uh, the book Zoe Quinn does is Goddess Mode. Just want to get that right, out there. Go. Check it out, folks. Yes. Um, we we kind of hit upon a little bit earlier, you know, saying that nobody can ever take over for Stan. But who is the uh, the elder, com- you know, statesman of comics at this point? Scott <laughs> 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 Graham Morrison. Graham Morrison. Neil Gaiman. <laughs> well, you've got the trifecta though. You got the Morrison, Gaiman, Moore. Alan Moore, yeah. Stan with you. Um, Stanley at comics right now. I don't know if you want to talk about the Donald Trump. Uh, um, I don't know. There's a lot of curmudgeon people I would nominate, (laughs) but none of them have, none of them are Stan. I mean, there are definitely some people from old school. I mean, you get, you got your Chris Claremont, you got your John Burns, you know, all yelling for kids to get off their lawns. (laughs) Frank Um, Miller. Just randomly directing rage at people every now and again. <laughs> sometimes it's out of hope, sometimes not. Yeah. <laughs> but no, I don't think there is any uh, elder statesman. Right I think now. there's writers and artists right now that that have, you know, the, the cloud. I, yeah, but I don't think there is a good... We were doing our final order counts for the week. Uh, it's every Monday. We have one last chance to adjust our orders. And... Um, during that time, uh, I look at the covers, and with the covers this week, they've already plastered a Stan Lee memorial. The Stan the Lee variant. So in three, so in three weeks, you're going to see like a black band on top of some of the comics. It's a Stan Lee. <laughs> now I'll buy. Uh, what's the comic with the Amadeus Cho Hulk? <laughs> the champion. The totally awesome Hulk or the champions? <laughs> yeah. You can sold a copy of the next champions. <laughs> Um, Finally, <laughs> <laughs> the the uh, next uh, Wolverine or Deadpool of the Marvel Universe. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, yeah how are we going to resurrect Stan Lee now? I was yeah. covered in adamantium, and then <laughs> Excelsior! You'll never believe it, true believer. <laughs> the watcher stuck yeah. in the Soul Stone. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yeah, I can't tell you how many times I've used that excuse. Yeah. <laughs> I would have been here sooner, but I got stuck in the soul. Soul stone, you know how that goes. <laughs> um, as far as, uh, you know, the Marvel movies, we're obviously going to have a few more Stanley cameos. I think there's a few already filmed. And... He definitely did the Avengers one. I know. Yeah. Which means I, he I, had hear, I hear there's only two. Captain Marvel and Avengers. Yeah, I hear, I hear that's it. Well, didn't he tell, um, what's his face? I was associating with the like late seventies Conan comics, but Roy uh, Thomas, right? Thank you. Um, <laughs> he saw Stan in the hospital like two days before he died. Yeah, yeah, and I saw the article about one that. of the things that came up with were the cameos, and he said, you know, his, his, his real hope was that he'd be well enough to keep doing them. Going forward, do you think we'll get like a, a creepy CGI Stanley like in the background? <laughs> Got it. Or do you think they, they keep maybe like in the background there's like a picture of Stanley or a reference? I would rather I, I would rather that than you know you know someone like 
point to an ash tree with a bunch of ashes and wink at you, you know. <laughs> like the bust of Harold Ramis in the Ghostbusters. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I like I like the idea of the Hitchcock being like, you know, seeing the face in the newspaper mm-hmm. or, you know, this is the owner, you know, this is the founder of the bank or, you know, so on, something like that. I mean, it would be a good way to carry on the legacy. And uh, Yeah, it's going to be sad when you don't see him on that screen. Yeah, the first movie without was the cameo. Was the like, Tobey Maguire Spider-Man his first cameo? <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to think. I feel like it was. Because I remember they were. I want to say yes, but I want to say there's like an odd, like obscure one, like from way back that nobody remembers. I mean, in terms of like the the the, the Mall Rats, Mall Rats, yeah. Oh no, but I mean in a Marvel. <laughs> yeah, yeah, in a Marvel in a movie. Property movie. You know what? Never mind, like the studios were thinking like Fox, Sony. But I uh, wish Andrew was here to ask him about. Is he in Hollywood Bowl? Oh, maybe. Hold on, first. Because that technically. That's like the first Marvel that is movie. The, that yeah. is technically the first Marvel movie. Hold on, he was a jury member in something. That was that was a Leah Thompson movie, as far as I was concerned. Yeah, yeah, but she wasn't naked. So. <laughs> she slept with a duck. He, hey, he, we he all was, had a chance. He was a jury member in the trial. Trial of the Incredible Hulk, Hulk getting its second <laughs> reference. <laughs> wow. Hulk, no fear. <laughs> Sheriff, have jurisprudence during Hulk arrest. <laughs> Hulk plead Fifth Amendment. Yeah. Hulk have special cousin lawyers who <laughs> She also sometime Avenger. <laughs> playing the Avenger card. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Not for a Hulk. This be Shatari land. <laughs> you all speak Shatari. <laughs> Oh, well. I'm just looking at his credits here. Good Lord. Did you know he was actually in Teen Titans Go to the movies? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know that. Yeah. Oh, good Lord. He was in Runaways? So I haven't, I haven't watched that yet. I wanted to watch it. But... Oh, really? Runaways? So you're the yeah. one. He's pretty yeah. good. He was, on, was it? he was on Fresh Off the Boat one episode. <laughs> well, they got confused. His name is Lee. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Sorry about that. Okay, we'll, how, many episodes, how, many, how many episodes of The Simpsons was he on? Uh, four. Three. Oh, wow. Uh, I knew it was more than two. He was in that show Con Man. Mm, I've never seen that. Oh, he, it's got that. What's his? That's what? like the people who saw the movie Ford Fairline. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, which, by the way, I saw that Dice Clay redeem himself. Really? How? Yeah. <laughs> he plays Lady Gaga's father in a Star Wars Oh really? Wait, he was in Star Is Born? Did you see it? No. Yeah, Hell no. He plays Lady Gaga's father. Yes, I saw it. And we're Why? Not go there. John Oliver did a segment on that last night. It's like tonight, you know, our it's main story is <laughs> how good was the Star Is Born? <laughs> well, he was in Spider Man 2002. Right. That was. That's what I thought was his. He was in Return to Newcomb High, Volume One. Oh, he was in X Men in two thousand. <laughs> was he in uh, Rock and Roll High School? Here with the pizza, Ramones. Like, Kissing the Phantom in the Park. He's got, a, he's got 120 credits. Jeez. Holy crap, Chuck, 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 Eureka, wow. he Flash. He spoke out American <laughs> voices never... against the Holocaust. I, I don't usually watch the comedies on Thursday, <laughs> yeah. so I, I, I'm not familiar with. <laughs> Uh, his entourage. There you go. 
I'm here to pull ass, true believer. <laughs> Chopped all stars. <laughs> the Condor. Do you remember that? Stanley presents the Condor. Oh, there was like a sci-fi show that he did, maybe, or something like that. It was a superhero created. He created, right? And there was something called Mosaic. I also knew Dirk Benedict when he was on Battlestar Galactic before the 18th. The Face Man. Who is now Bradley Cooper, who went on to direct the <laughs> most recent iteration of A Star is Born. <laughs> he was in Citizen Toxie, the Toxic Avenger 4. <laughs> there wow. was a fourth Toxic Avenger? Yes. It's all those unanswered <laughs> questions uh, from the first three. I, I, jo- I, I fell off after two. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> is that the one where we find out that Newt was a way down? It's usually the third one. It's usually eh. Hot Dog. I'm like, who was he in X-Men? Like, hot Dog Vendor. I remember that now. Though. <laughs> yeah, she was a Hot Dog Vendor in X-Men. <laughs> Small rats, there you go. Uh, he was in the ambulance, whatever that is, as a Marvel Comics editor. Muppet Babies, he was in an episode. They make your <laughs> dreams come true. <laughs> Not canon. I think, didn't Marvel like make that show? It's something to do with the Muppet Babies. The most recent one, I think. No, the, the 80s one. Oh, really? Really? Yeah. Because I, th- I, I remember the, because I always remember the Spider-Man logo at the end of the episode. From when on I was Agent a kid. Carter, he was <laughs> man on bench. <laughs> right. Drug dealer one, a vampire odyssey. Good Lord, what? <laughs> Sounds like Cinemax movies. Got yeah. Million dollars a year that he was getting uh, from Marvel. <laughs> he had. Oh, I'm sure he had a high upkeep. I know when we saw him at uh, at Rhode Island. This was two years ago. There, <laughs> Stripperella. You know that? Oh, wow, that's right. But they said he, uh, anytime he traveled, if, what if Stan- Anderson, right? yeah, what if Stanley discovered Viagra? <laughs> what? Anytime he, uh, <laughs> they extract it from my brain. <laughs> it's blue, like the crawls. <laughs> or, uh, but he, as I say, he traveled with his own medical team, basically, like, oh, cool. to, to keep him alive. <laughs> yeah, I saw Nick Mars with his medical team. <laughs> <laughs> it was like a NASCAR pick for him. Oh like my bring god! Bring him behind the amps every third song. He's <laughs> 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 on Phineas and Ferb. But was he ever on Webster? <laughs> Who wants to be? Well, the not in the show. Yeah. <laughs> Some kid was wearing a Spider-Man. Costume. I was. Just, I, was say, I don't want to jinx it, but like, uh, you know, he's been thankfully. Let's knock on wood before I say this. One of the you know major like kind of figures who's remained scandal free. You know? Oh right, right. You know, I don't think he, again. I'm going to regret saying all of this. I'm sure. <laughs> Damn <the> next, it. <laughs> yeah. You say Get that in my dungeon, podcast. true yeah. believer. We <laughs> go back and erase all those great things I said about Bill Cosby a couple of years ago. Like, <laughs> it puts the pill in the drink and it stirs the drink and it gets the panties on the floor. Jello, jello. <laughs> Claire, get me the handcuffs with the fuzzy stuff on the wrists so we don't leave the marks. <laughs> Just eating and a fire whole Aunt May. Yeah. I don't want her on the show about the kids who go off to the college. <laughs> you knew that, right? So Marissa Tomei got fired after the first season of A Different World. Yes. And she's remained lifelong friends with, uh, what's her face? Lisa Bonet. So she's like Zoe... Uh, Kravitz, right? Lisa Bonet and Lenny Kravitz's daughter. Marissa Tomei is like her godmother. <laughs> really? Um, and she also plays Aunt May 
in the comics. <laughs> Way to bring it around. Spider-Man, Stanley remake. I was going to say the whole reason a different world existed was because uh, he fired Lisa Bonet from the Cosby show. But he was still like executive producer. Yeah, yeah. If they had her under contract, so I think they had to do something with her or something like that. I don't know. Who knows? <laughs> anyway. <laughs> it's because Angel Fire. Dwayne Wayne. Yeah. Wait, what she showed her boobs in that movie. What was the yeah. comic property he did? Who, Dwayne Wayne? No. Bill Cosby, <laughs> like. Leonard, oh, Leonard the eighth, Le- Leonard, Leonard part six, six. Leonard, Leonard part six. six. Was that was that a property yeah. before he made it, or was that something he just no, made up? No, no, I think yeah. that was just you know he had like one and done. Ballet slippers. And <laughs> I never, I don't even know if the movie was out in the theaters long enough for anyone to see the entire movie. <laughs> like I think they put it on like eight minutes later. Like, sorry, folks, we're gonna give you a ticket to see Friday Kid Two. <laughs> I remember they were uh, <laughs> they were giving away Leonard part six toys at Ponderosa when I was a kid. Wow. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Uh, but anyway, <laughs> no wonder Ponderosa closed. <laughs> it's the second time in like two days I've mentioned Ponderosa. Ponderosa. <laughs> yeah. Well, I was saying yesterday, like, man, I can go for a Ponderosa buffet right now. <laughs> <laughs> no. Said no one ever. Yeah. <laughs> I, used to, um, I used to bring my kids to that. I remember one time, it was all you could eat for your kids or what they weighed or something ridiculous like that. <laughs> so I brought my kids there and. Um, my daughter announces she has to go to the bathroom. So I just bring her to the bathroom. I'm standing outside. And I'm waiting outside the bathroom. All of a sudden, this guy starts kind of staggering to the men's room. Puts his hand up against the wall. And all of a sudden, just vomits on the floor. <laughs> Goes into the bathroom. And I'm waiting for my daughter. And this other woman comes out of the bathroom. She goes, I go, excuse me, is there a little girl in there? And she goes, oh, yeah, she's in the bathroom singing. <laughs> and... Um, and then I go, okay. So then all of a sudden, and then one of the workers comes over. I go, excuse me, but some some guy just came over and threw up on the uh, on the floor. And the guy from Ponderosa looks there, looks at the vomit. He goes, oh, taco bar. <laughs> oh wow! The thing I remember about Ponderosa is you got your tray and then you paid and then you got yeah. There was like the pictures of the food. You pointed at the picture that you wanted. <laughs> ah, I just yeah. left the bar. <laughs> Uh, but anyway, I think we should wrap it since we're uh, reminiscing about Ponderosa. Might be a good point to uh, wrap it up. Uh, but yeah, obviously, you know, Stanley had a, a big impact on all of us. Uh, as did well, Ponderosa. As did Ponderosa, <laughs> yeah. Uh, more so on my colon, probably. <laughs> well, what Stan or Ponderosa? <laughs> well, there was that magical weekend Stan and I spent in Tahiti. Uh, <laughs> no wonder you got tongue tied. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> well, there, you know. You're on the throne of Ponderosa. Like, there's, there's a very good chance you ate a Ponderosa and then you took a Stanley comic. <laughs> Hallucinated Stanley. Yeah. Like. <laughs> um, but yeah, we will uh, definitely be uh, someone we'll, uh, we'll all miss uh, and someone who could not be uh, replicated ever again. Um, Unless we get cloning. Yes. Please, please give us clone Stanley no, Army. Nah, <laughs> nah, he's. I'll never see anyone like him again. It's. it's End of the era. All right. Well, this has been Transmissions from the Evil Lair. Uh, we'll finally get around to doing those intros. I've been C-Mart. Oh, J.C. Glimmer, Earthworld Comics. Professor next. Uh, Chad Burdett from the Times Union Comics Multiverse blog. All right. Thanks for listening, folks. <laughs>